I want to hear what they think as well. I know I don't have all the answers. I know I can't do it all by myself. And so I look forward to collaborating. I like hearing what other people think, what other people are seeing. So I was Vanessa's body double for one shot in the film. Oh, was it the shaved, unshaved scene? Yes. Holy shit. I cannot believe I guessed that. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah, very good job. If I weren't a composer, I'd be crying. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all I've known for many years. So. I think you have to have discipline, number one. You have to have a really strong personality, a really strong core of who you are, and not let the business send you in some kind of a tailspin. I personally have this attitude that if they don't want me, it's their loss. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's not my loss, it's their loss. Or, you know, or I wasn't meant to have that role. That's another attitude. There's a better role for me waiting down the line. Well, they're shooting a Netflix original movie, like, right outside my apartment what? like, nights ago. Like, a major nice. action film with Will Smith, dude. Will Smith what? started a major action film with David Ayers. They're teaming, oh. that he's teaming back up with the guy from Suicide yeah. Squad. And I'm like, I'm sleeping here the other night, and then I just see, like, all these cops' cars coming by and gunfire and people are running oh, out the window. Man. And I'm like, what in the world did I just what did I just move <laughs> to? Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I'm the host and producer of this show. And I am broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. It is a rainy night here in Los Angeles. And I can hear that rain hitting the window but the moonlight is still upon us thanks so much for joining me on this broadcast tonight I'll remind all of our listeners that you can listen to all of the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast in iTunes you can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn and Google Play remember if you or someone you know wants to be a guest on this show make sure you reach out to me via the contact link on our website at cinemaafterdark.com just make sure you have some skin in the game prior to reaching out. And by skin in the game, just need to have a few credits under your belt. We certainly value that for credibility. I also strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. I want to remind everyone that this is an information and discussion-based show. We do not censor ourselves, and we certainly do not censor our guests. So please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed on this show may not reflect the views and opinions of the host we've got a wonderful guest tonight someone that i'm very familiar with and you'll find out why in this particular episode her name is kina ferguson and let me tell you a little bit about miss ferguson kina ferguson is an alumnus of the ohio state university classically trained in drama and dance on graduation, Kina headed out west to Los Angeles with a BFA in hand and within a few short months found herself co-hosting the BET series The Way We Do It with comedian Ricky Smiley. Kina has performed dozens of TV guest roles on a vast array of hit TV shows including Two and a Half Men, Gortimer Gimmons' Life on Normal Street, and in this year's breakout hit TV series, for FX Atlanta in a performance that won her attention and praise in the national press. Keena also won an NAACP award for her one-woman show, Keena Unbranded, and was
was nominated for four other awards. You're certainly in for a treat tonight. Miss Ferguson is really doing her things and first time listeners and long time listeners. This is that part of the show where I ask that you make that fresh batch of popcorn. Sit back, relax and get comfortable while you listen to tonight's guest. Miss Hina Ferguson, my God, when I think of actors who are really dedicated and really doing their thing, you always come to mind, Miss. Aww, oh, my thank God. you. So, yeah, I'm a fan of yours, and it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast tonight. So thanks for coming and hanging out with me tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. God, it is my pleasure. And let's jump right in here because there's so much stuff that I want to talk to you about. But let's begin our discussion by kind of giving our listeners a little bit of context here. Where were you born and raised and how did you get started in this crazy entertainment industry? Okay, well, I'm from Jefferson City, Missouri, the show me state. Oh, my. Yes, yes. And (laughs) my mother is a dancer, so I was born dancing. So I've been a dancer my entire life and grew up doing musical theater and all of those good things. And then I went to college at The Ohio State University and I was a dance major there. So I was continuing with the arts and I graduated on a Saturday and four days later, I moved to Los Angeles to start my entire career as an artist. Wow. So that's, yeah. So that's how it all came. I knew that I was always knew I'd be an artist. I always knew I'd be an entertainer. The choice really was, do I want to move to New York or LA? And after growing up in Missouri and then going to college in Ohio, I was like, yeah, I could really just use sun and do without the snow. So yeah. (laughs) I hear you in that. We're both from the the East Coast. So I totally hear you that. And you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. So Oh, yeah. yeah. It gets really cold there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Do you go back east at all? Do you travel back that way? I do. My family is from Virginia, so we spend the holidays there, but my family's from that whole coast, like Virginia, North Carolina, New York, all of that. So I'm there every Christmas. Yeah, I spend quite a bit of time there. Wow. Now, dancing, I know you can dance because we had an opportunity to collaborate in 2009. Really? Yes, we did. Daniel Alexander. Oh my gosh, what was it? It was a music video of hers where you were wearing an Afro, miss. <laughs> yes, I was. Mirror, mirror or something. Oh my like God, yeah, the mirror. That was crazy. That was that when was... I was, wow, that's years ago, but. Oh my gosh, what did you do on, oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought that would surprise you, right? <laughs> that did, are you, were you, what, what were you doing on that? my god i was the director of that project yeah you were yes indeed way back i mean that was that was a a while back in fact i saw you at the hollywood black film festival i think that was that year oh yes yeah when it was back and trickery you you're trickery (laughs) (laughs) but i tell you one thing you are somebody that i always thought was just ridiculously talented and it's cool When you have an opportunity to work with somebody who's so passionate, it's just awesome. I mean, really, really stellar work. I think that whole group of friends that were all part of that experience were fantastic. I think it was like Christina Gamble and yeah, Danielle, Danielle, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Pepper, yeah, Yeah, Pepper. That's right. Oh my goodness, the Brown Bettys. Yeah, how are they doing? How's everyone doing? By the way, everyone is doing fantastic, living in different parts of the world, and my God, 
getting married. And yeah, everyone's doing fantastic. Craziness. Such talented individuals, really. Thank you. Really A plus right there. But you miss, I mean, back then, I think you had just released Kai, which was fantastic, by the way. Thank Uh, you. Oh, God. Just um, really, really well done work. But somebody that has been certainly on radar it's interesting you said you had a dancing background no wonder you brought it i was like she sticks out you know (laughs) but that's uh that's outstanding to say the least now when was it that you realized you could do this thing professionally because obviously being back east and all that but what made you feel like hell i can come out to hollywood and, and really make a career out of this i think i always knew that it could be a career like i said because my mom is a professional dancer and she still dances and is wow. an artistic director of a dance company and so i think i always knew i just i wasn't sure how you know growing up there's so many things you want to do i was like i'm going to be a lawyer i'm going to be a dancer i'm going to be an actor i'm going to be like <laughs> yeah, i true. always was like there were a lot of things i was going to do right But as soon as I went to college, I was like, okay, as soon as I get done with this college, I am going straight to pursue this entertainment business. So for me, you know, I always knew. And when I was in college, I was always preparing myself. I mean, my the summer before my senior year in college, I came and went to school at UCLA Mm, for the summer doing their theater program just to get my feet wet with LA and what it would be like to live here, but still being able to like be entrenched in classes. And then I came back, you know, I came back to Ohio, went to school and then literally I graduated on Saturday and we got back to my place and I told my parents, I need to buy a plane ticket. I'm moving to LA and I moved on Wednesday. So four days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I literally was like, okay, here we go. So bye. That is fantastic. Obviously, you know, with your mother being sort of in the biz too, was that what gave you the confidence to do it though? Was that, you know, what kind of... Yeah, I've always been a person who kind of does what she wants to do in the sense of my parents really were, I mean, you know, I could go, I could spend years just talking about how amazing my parents are. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. They were always have been so supportive and they always told me that there was nothing that I couldn't do and to hold your head up, go in there and give it your best and do it. So I never felt like I couldn't do it. I always knew that I could. It was really just how much hard work do you need to put in and, you know, consistency and all of those good things. So, um, you know, my mom used to tell me a story about she's short. She's like five, two. She would hate for me to say she's short. (laughs) She's like five, two. Five one or something. And nice. um, when she was auditioning for a dance company or something, they wanted people that were tall. And she put on these really high heels and they were like, ma'am, take those shoes off. We can see that you're wearing <laughs> shoes. And so she took them off and she was like, but if you see me dance, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it was already like she didn't care that they said they wanted people five eight or taller. She was like, but you haven't seen me. Wow. So I always think of that because it's like, well, whatever you want, you haven't seen me. Do right. Yeah. Love that. Interesting. You've always had that bug. I see. Okay. I've always had that bug. I always knew I'd be an entertainer. That's fantastic. Now, let's fast forward several years here. And yeah, you're in LA. And gosh, is there anything about this crazy industry that you wish you would have known before you started? And is there anything that you've learned that you didn't know prior to starting too as well? Anything that sticks out? Because I know there's probably a billion ways you could answer that. But Yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I have so many thoughts on that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first thing that I will say is that, you know, we all think that for anybody that happens to you before, praise God that that's good for you, that that happened to you. But we all feel like, you know, you're going to move out here. And I'm like, within like five years, I'm going to have an Oscar. I mean, that's clear. 
Right. I, you know, that's not the case. I've been out here way longer than five years at this point. I do not have my Oscars. So, uh, yes. you know what I mean? Like, yes. there's that realization. Um, right. So, that's something that I moved out here feeling like, of course. Mm -hmm. But I was also super bold when I moved out here, super courageous, super brave. There were no limits, no bounds. There was nothing that I was afraid to do, meaning I would crash an audition. And actually, one of my first jobs was an audition that I crashed. I wasn't afraid to just walk up to whoever and go, like, you really need to see me because I'm amazing and you mm. need to see me. Yeah. And there was something to be said about that. And I remember people would be like, oh, that's great. But then as you it's kind of like ignorance is bliss. Like, I really yeah. wish that I would have been able to kind of keep some of that, some of that magic hidden because once you start to get the rules, once people start to say, you know, like, oh, you know, be careful how you go in the room and some cast managers don't like to shake your hand. And mm, yeah. Once you get all of these kind of uh, restrictions placed on you and these fences put around what it is that you want to do, you start to pull back. Interesting, and so yeah. you lose some of your boldness, you lose some of your courageousness, which makes you who you are. And I wish that someone would have told me no matter what you learn, always keep doing you. Always right. keep doing everything mm. you want to do, no matter what you're taught and learned. Right. What, no matter, you know what I mean? And so that's something that I really wish because even though I'm still a very bold person, I know I'm not near as bold as I used to be. I mean, yeah. I would have walked into William Morris and been like, hey, here's my headshot and resume. So when do you guys want to <laughs> set up a meeting? And I would have been completely serious and knew that would have worked. Yeah. Now I'd be like, oh my God, I'll be blackballed. I can never do it. Oh no, no. You yeah. know? So that really sticks out to me a lot. And I would say the other thing is really being good with being you at all areas of the game. I think it's easy to start to manipulate yourself when you don't book certain jobs or you don't see your career going in a certain way. So you start to manipulate yourself to be more like this or more like this, or maybe I should be like this. Well, maybe like this. And so when you start to do that, now people don't even know who you are because you're always changing to fit into some box mm. of what this role or this show or this whatever is. And I think like, if you're just you constantly, people always know what they're getting. Oh, man, that's excellent advice right there. It's actually an interesting perspective. I've talked to a few guests who have mentioned that to the importance of being yourself and maintaining who you are. And I think that's so true. It's, mm -hmm. That's a really great point. Uh, it's hard because the, the industry, I think, sometimes taints you or like you said, it just kind of twists you and puts you in a lot of different directions and makes you think so many different things, especially over the years, you know, as you start to really explore the business side and learn the business side of it. And then there's that. And then there's the issues with rejection too, as well. Oh yeah. All of those things. Yeah. It's a, it's complicated, but that's a, just an excellent point. You know, obviously I haven't seen you in years, but just seeing you on screen, you seem to still very much have that same essence about you, though, the who you are. You don't seem to have changed in a negative way. It seems like you have even become even more. Let's just say you fine tune your craft even more. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Fine tuning. Yes. Yeah, you, yes. You really uh, are doing your thing. It's it's Thank fascinating, you. to say the least. Now, how do you book jobs? Because that's a question that I think a lot of people are wondering out there. How does someone book jobs in this industry? Is it your reputation that typically leads to you booking jobs? Or do you have an agent, management company? What has been your keys to uh, securing some of the roles that you have? Because I know you create them too as well. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that there is no limit on how you can book a job. Yeah. I do have representation. I have agents. I have manager. So I do have, you know, representation that gets me out and gets me auditions. But, you know, there have also been jobs that I've booked 
by working with other people who then refer me to another job or people who've seen me in something and remembered me and brought me on to another job. Right. You know, and, you know, representation has changed and getting representation can be more challenging. And I, I am grateful that I have some really good representation. But I think that the thing that gets you work more than anything is how you show up to set, what your work ethic looks like and how you deliver and your professionalism on set. And I think that more than anything will always keep you working. Absolutely. So, yeah. So for me, I've, I have jobs that I've gotten all different kinds of ways. And I was doing a, I did an interview last week for a newspaper and they asked me about similar thing, like about getting jobs and these things. And like, well, has this paid off for you? And, and I said, I think that you never know when something's going to pay off because mm-hmm. somebody can see you in something, you know, eight years before and eight years later, they're like, hey, I saw you in this show and I always wanted to work with you. I have this project. I love to work with you. And at the time you were like eight years ago, you're probably like, oh, it's just a show. This show did nothing for my career. And right. fast forward eight years, you're like, that show actually helped my career and I wouldn't have even known it. Right. So you just never know what can lead to what, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's a hell of a piece of advice right there, too. I completely co-sign everything you just said. Yeah, I think if you come into everything with a thousand percent and giving your best of your best, no matter what, that shines through. I mean, someone could be listening to your podcast and look me up and be like, I need an actress. I've got this. They've been looking for somebody just like her. They call me up. I have a job and it's like, oh, I did this podcast and now I'm on this movie. Exactly. You know, everything. It's interesting how that works out here. It's like it's a big pond, but then again, it's a very small pond at the same time. Yeah, it's. It's a fascinating industry, isn't it? My goodness. It really, really is. (laughs) You love it, you hate it, but at the end of the day, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Uh, Salute to that. Now, is there a role or a character you've played that's been one of your favorites thus far? Because I imagine there are some because you also write and direct, but is there one that really sticks out to you as one of your favorites recently? So hard. Yeah. You've played so many different characters. Your IMDb is insane. (laughs) Thank you. I have played a lot of different characters, but one of the things that always usually sticks out to me is my one woman show because Mm. I got to play 12 characters. I guess it was 12, 13 characters, however many it was. Yeah. And I say that that's been my answer for the last few years because I stretched myself to limits that I didn't know if I could go to that were very scary for me. Like, I don't know if I can play that. Like, is that going to come off? Like, I'm going to actually do this show and I actually don't know if I can do that character. And (laughs) pushing myself to new limits, but Mm -hmm. my show was called Kina Unbranded. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, well, if you're going to call your show unbranded, then you better be unbranded. You know what I mean? And then you better be no holds barred, give it everything you got. And for me, I surprised myself with the ways that I was able to push myself to limits and and do things and step out of my comfort zone, you know, because playing male characters, even like deciding what the body language of a man looks like. Mm, And I played a few male characters. So deciding not a generic, oh, most men are like this. But because I played like four different male characters, they all had to be very distinctly different. So Mm -hmm. being able to observe different men in their essence and being able to put that into my body to portray those characters for me was like, yes, like that is a pushing myself. You know what I mean? And yeah. So that is what I would say. How long ago did you do that, by the way? I initially did that show in 2013 or 14. And then I did it again last year. And then in November, I just actually won an NAACP award for best one person show. And I was nominated for four other categories. So that show for me was a 
uh, was a big deal for me as an artist. Yeah, right, right. It's funny, I was going to bring that up, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's fantastic. First of all, congratulations on the Thank award you. and the nominations. That's just amazing. Now, do you tweak that as you go along? Like, do you add to that piece? I do, I do. Yeah. I, I do change it a little as I go along. Mostly like you said, they're tweaks. Yeah. And sometimes things just come to me and, and characters grow and expand and all of those things, you know, the more you do it and the more, you know, and the more you live life, the more you're like, ah, what about this? And, right. oh, this? So yeah, I mean, I think that's always the fun of theater. Right. Too. Oh my, that's lovely. Now, would you rather be writing? Would you rather be directing? Would you rather be acting? Would you rather just do all three or four or five because i know obviously when you do even one of those things you're doing you're wearing like 17 billion different yeah, hats but um, what do you, you enjoy know, more because you're so good i mean thank you people always kind of want me to choose and it's really hard for me to choose it's yeah. like acting and dancing for me go hand in hand like i can't i couldn't just act the rest of my life and never dance again and i could never just dance and not act those mm -hmm. two things go hand in hand for me so i have to be doing those things in life right always writing I've always been a writer, but I never would call myself a writer because I would write for just me. Mm, but then yeah. when I did my movie Kai and people asked me about writing, which was for me was interesting because I did that piece as a showcase for me as an actor and because I wanted to tell the story, but I never thought about the writing. It was like, well, of course, if I have to have a story, I got to write it. So whatever. <laughs> right. But nice. I never thought about the writing. And yeah. so when after when I would screen at festivals and people would go, I'd love to talk to you about the writing. I'd love to, you know, how did you? And I was like, Oh, I mean, I, you know, like I passed it off like, oh, I just wrote it for me. Like, it's not a big deal. But people started to ask me about writing. And I and so friends of mine were like, you have to claim that you're a writer. Right. So I do love all of them. I mean, my my dream is to be doing all of them kind of revolving like, you know, yes, being on my own show and being able to direct some episodes, but then like creating another show and being able to do some writing on that and being able to direct episodes of, you know, Queen Sugar over here. And then, right. oh, I'm going back to my show and, you know, choreographing for a Broadway show in the meantime, like all of those things, you know, my tagline is always that I'm a multi-artist. I am a multi-artist for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I do love all of those things. And it's really hard to pick. I would just say that I would Acting and dancing kind of come first and foremost for me. Mm, yeah. But then all the others I've really learned to to love. I love the art of storytelling. So writing and directing gives me the the kind of the power, the control to do that. So I think that's a, a great way to summarize that because yeah, you definitely are a multi hyphenate and you do so much. It, it's good, as you said, just to live in storytelling. So mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Now, is there a character or a role that you've wanted to play, but you haven't had that opportunity to play that character yet or to create that character yet? Anything that comes to mind? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did a short film that one of my close girlfriends in Keiichi wrote years ago as an action film. Mm -hmm. And I really want to do something action. Like I really nice. want to be a badass in something. Oh, nice. Sorry to interrupt you. Was that the one where you had the guns out? Yes. Oh my, Forever that was crazy. No yeah. Yeah. That was Ernest Ray directed that. He just directed the hell out of that movie. And, yeah. and Keiichi, that was like a short she wrote. And now she's, um, you know, a, a producer on Rosewood. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you never know where the world's going to take you. Right. But I really would love to do action. Right. And I really enjoy doing period pieces. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I find that common. I, yeah. So sorry. Yeah. Very common to live in that world, those different uh, worlds, those sets. I've done, I've done one period piece, a film called Daughter of Fortune. Mm, yes. 
that was a fantastic, just a fantastic film. Yeah. And I'm like, I really want to live in this world a little bit more. Right. Right. And then I haven't done horror. Horror is the one genre I haven't done. So That's any surprising. horror okay. filmmakers out there, please call me. I really want to do horror. Oh my. Um, I believe you will get that call soon then because yes. people listen to this podcast. That's awesome. That's a popular genre. Yeah. That's a, oh good. And I actually am really scared of horror movies. Like my husband knows like I am really <laughs> scared. Like I won't go see them because I'm too afraid. But like I really want to be in one. That's a good reason to be in one too. That'd so, be fantastic. Yeah, I'm like, so that's why I need to be in one because I'm always afraid. So yeah. What scares you more? The unknown, like the paranormal, or is it like the slasher type? No, it used to be like, I used to be terrified of like Freddy Krueger, right? It used to be those. But now, like, because I'm an actress, I kind of get those. It's more things like, yeah, like the paranormal or like the ring, like things that could be true. But like, those are the things where I'm like, then I have to like sleep with my lights on for like (laughs) two weeks because I can't be in the dark. (laughs) Hilarious. Now, what has been the most difficult part of your journey thus far? And what's been the most rewarding parts? I mean, briefly speaking, because I'm sure there's plenty of those but yeah it's curious i think the most challenging part has been accepting that you're not where you want to be when you think you should be there um that is the most challenging part because you plan out your life a certain way and you think it should go that way and you feel like you've put in all the work that would dictate that you should be in a certain position and right. the hardest part is to accept that that is not the position but the position you're in is still an amazing position and that you still get to live in that and grow in that but it's always right on time, but we can't see it in the midst of it, which uh-huh. I always know. Does It doesn't mean that I don't still like want to pull my hair out. It just means that I do understand that God's plan for me is, is bigger yeah. than what I'm even seeing. The most rewarding, though, has been that I get to wake up every day doing what I love to do every single day. And that, for me, is motivation every breath that I take, because I know so many people who don't like what they do, who hate their job, who don't like looking forward to Mondays. Right. and For me, every day is, you know, I'll I'll go to Starbucks and they'll go, hey, you excited that it's Friday? And my answer is every day is a weekend for me. (laughs) I love that. You know Uh, what I mean? Like every day is Friday to me. I love what I do every single day. So that is the most rewarding. Salute to that. I'm going to have to steal that answer. I'm going to borrow that from you. (laughs) Yes, yes. Take it away. (laughs) Now we are an indie film show and I have got to ask you, what types of movies do you like or tv shows is there anything that you're watching right now or is there a movie that you've seen recently i'm watching so much tv it's ridiculous yeah you got any favorites yes there's so much good stuff this is us is one of my absolute favorite shows right now right right it's just insanely and i can't wait to be on that show yeah um i my husband got me watching westworld which i yeah it's great it's great Mm. I'm also like, I'm a Nashville girl. Like I was one of those people who signed the petition for Nashville to not go away. Really? People, people are like Nashville. Yes. Yeah. Watcher of Nashville. I watch Homeland. I'm watching the affair. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Good. Good stuff. There's a show on Netflix called love. and black. It's I loved it. Loved it. I want to work with that director as well. And then black mirror, which I just think is beyond another. Oh, you kill me with that because I just started that because it looks so good. So it's good, huh? So good. Oh, I cannot wait. Now you got me. Oh, you got me fired up. It's beyond good. It's so good. Nice. So yeah, good. It was like tech and it looks a little uh, different. I like that kind of. Um, oh, it is. Oh, cool. OK. It yeah. is. Oh, my. You just gave yes. me incentive to watch that this because you binge watch, I imagine, too, right? 
Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. So, yeah. And then movie-wise, let's see. Yeah, I've seen a lot of good stuff. What have I seen that... I, well, uh, Hidden Figures, I thought oh, was... Oh, my God. Wasn't it great? So good. Yeah. Um, Fences was just, an, was just a course of acting. Like, you yeah. could just watch... You could watch that four and five times and, while, uh, and say, okay, this time I'm only going to watch Denzel. <laughs> right, yep, right. That's what acting course. Oh, now I'm just going to watch Viola. Yep, that's another <laughs> acting course. You know what I mean? Like, that was just... Yeah. What else uh, have I seen that? Yeah, I mean, I watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Those two are just fantastic, um, fantastic films. Both of those films, just awesome. Oh, yeah, my. I mean, you've got Moonlight, you've got yeah, Lion. Moonlight. Both of those were great films. Yep. I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff out. Yeah, it's great. I've got to ask you this. Is there a specific pattern or any methods that you have to kind of prepare for a role? Um, I don't call it a method. I do have a process for myself, but it does tweak and alter itself slightly depending on the role and depending some things hit me and I I'm immediately moved by them and I immediately get it it makes sense to me there doesn't need to be a lot of quote preparation in me imagining that this is me some roles take more some Mm -hmm. roles are like I I don't have anything to pull from really so then I have to dig a little deeper but I do I like to sit in roles for I mean hours and hours a day and I like to just sit in them and you know because I, I I want to really live that i mean that's the beauty of being an actor is we get to live in a completely alternate universe being somebody <laughs> completely different and i want to experience all that 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 life has to offer in that moment oh i love that now here's the thing so there's nothing quirky that you do you know i wish <laughs> i was one of those crazy actors who's like and i love it like i i love it i love it i love it i don't like sometimes i will listen to music because music moves me moves yeah. me especially as a dancer but i don't have anything that that i have to do the only thing that i make sure that i do before i step on a set or before i step into a role is i do pray like mm, yeah. I, i'm always like i need to say my prayer i need a little bit of meditation mm. so that i can go in and just be completely free without any inhibitions at all i just step Step in. Right. But that's like the only thing that I would say I do. Now, you know, now I will talk to myself a lot. So like <laughs> sometimes I will be walking down the street just talking to myself and my husband's quick <laughs> to point out, like, babe, you know you look crazy. And I'm like, that's fine. It's LA. Most people understand that. And, and usually most people are like, You're an actor, right? I'm like, uh-huh. So don't mind me. Don't mind me. I'm just talking to myself. So but that that's really about it. I mean, I must pray, I must meditate, and then, you know, occasionally you need to talk to yourself as you're walking down the street. I, I hear you on that. <laughs> Now, before we go to our break here, what qualities does a good actor possess? Empathy, for sure. Passion, agility, mm-hmm. commitment, persistence, and an openness. I mean, a complete openness to to receive even what you don't believe. Right, right. Because Kina may not believe in whatever. It, it could be, you know, the death penalty, whatever. Let's say I don't believe in that. But if my character does, then I need to believe it. So I have to believe it and I have to take that on for as long as that project is. So an openness to believe in even the things you don't believe in. Oh my. Well said. Well, miss, I think this is a great place here to take a short break and give you a chance to reset. And then we'll also give our listeners a chance to reset because if you're willing to hang out with me a little longer here, I want to discuss. Yes, yes. Oh, good, because I want to discuss some of your current projects. You've really been working your tail off. And mm-hmm, yeah, we've, we've got to discuss some stuff here in the second uh, segment. But yeah, I want to give you a chance to kind of reset here. How does it sound to you? Great. Great. Well, we're going to take Fantastic. it. Well, we will take a short break here and then we'll come back with more of Miss Kina Ferguson after this break. Do not go anywhere, folks. 
We will be right back. We are continuing a wonderful discussion here with Miss Kina Ferguson, and she so kindly discussed her journey into the industry, some of her passions, some of her motivations. My God, has it been a wonderful discussion. But for this half of the discussion, I do want to switch gears here a bit and discuss some. Well, hold on. Before Uh-oh. you even say that, who was that? Who was that oh, song? By? I have so, to have it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was, it's called um, Japanese Wallpaper. And the uh, the song is called Breathe In. Oh, yeah. I love it. I have oh, to own that. Good stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, pass that info on to you. It's uh, pretty yeah. soothing, right? Oh, it's amazing. I love it. It's good stuff. Yeah, like I love cinematic music. And, yeah. Uh, some artists really get it. Yeah, it can be uh, very soothing. And yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, discussing some of your latest Oh, there you go. <laughs> Found it. That's how quick I had to do it. Sorry, I just had to have it right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Well, um, yeah, let's uh, discuss Atlanta to start because yes. you played Crystal in the uh, Streets yes. on Lock episode. My God. Yes. I, awesome. First of all, that, that series is just fantastic. Oh, uh, it's Mr. Just brilliant. Yeah, Mr. Glover has created a gem with this. And what was it like for you? Because when you came on the screen, when I was sitting here watching TV and that scene and killed it like that, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What was it like for you? Because it was great. You know, when I got the call that I booked the job, we didn't, you know, all we knew is that it was a pilot that we knew it was already picked up to series, but it was, you know, it was only eight episodes or whatever it was. But there was nothing about the show. You know what I mean? Like my agent was like, I don't really know. It's Donald Glover's new show. And I'm like, so what? She was like, I don't know. They're being kind of secret. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I fly to Atlanta, you know, I go the day before everything was great for my fitting and all that good stuff. When I show up to set, you know, one of the first things they said is like, you know, they're, we're not really going to be putting a lot of makeup on you. Donald, they want everything super raw, right. very much Atlanta. They do not want an LA glossified look. And I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah. I was like, so I'm not going to, not going to get all extra prettied up there. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Um, so um, I could tell you were acting because they did change your look. I was like, man, she's, I know. I was like, I don't get to get in. Any like uh so it was great. It was um, awesome. Donald was great. The entire cast, the crew, and I mean I just I just when I say I had a fantastic time on that set, I really just did. Everybody was so nice and they allowed you to just live and be free in the character and it's a character that I don't get to often play. Like I don't usually get to play kind of the ghetto chick, uh rough around the edges, whatever you want to call her, kind of rat however you want to just you know, call her. But like for right. me, I loved it and i remember when uh i met donald that day on set and he was like oh you killed your audition and i was like thank you i don't get to play these roles often he was like really he was like because 
you killed it. Like there was no question that we were giving you this job. And I was like, nice. that's freaking right. Thank you. So it was just a blast. I mean, we shot everything on location. So it was just a blast. And, you know, then the show comes out and it blows up to be this humongous. I know, right? The Golden Globes. Show, and Man. then wins a Golden Globe and he wins a Golden Globe. It's yep. like, I just couldn't have asked to be on a better show. And uh, right. Oh, we'll see. We'll see if you may see Crystal again in season two. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm wondering that. I was going to ask you about that, but I was like, I know she probably can't talk about that, even if that is yeah, the case. We'll just, we'll just, all I can say is we'll just have to see. Oh, that would be fire right there. Yeah. I would love that. But what was it like yes. working with those kids, too? You really, <laughs> those children. Oh, I know. Those kids were so great. Yeah. A couple of them, it was like their first, like, big kind of TV show. And since that show, they've all booked a couple of other things, which I just think is great. But they were so fun and so just they were committed. They were ready. You know, their parents were so great. So I remember leaving, you know, when I got back to the hotel and I was just like, that was a great day. What a great fun shoot that was like. Yeah. I talked to another gentleman who did a different episode to one there uh, recently. And he said it was just a wonderful time. The set was great. It was like working with family, he said. It really was. And, you know, for me, being in the pilot was great, too, because, you know, the pilot is always the testing ground. You right. know what I mean? So being in the pilot was really great because it was the first and they were everybody was, you know, everything still kind of getting like, I don't want to say figured out, but, you know, it's testing ground. It's yeah, new. absolutely. So the energy was just great. Brian Tyree, who, you know, uh, plays Paperboy, yeah. him and I just hit it off immediately and we would be improving away at the end and doing all this kind of stuff. And they even kept one of my improv lines in there at the end, which I loved. And they were just free. And, and he was just so open with me. And so it was great. I mean, I literally, I, I there's nothing, there's like not one single problem I could find on that set. So. Oh my, it's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, it was like working with the director too, because he did a number of the episodes. Yeah, very free. I mean, I love a director who you know, obviously you book the job for a reason. So I love a director who has the trust in you. And I just felt like he immediately, as soon as I got on set was like, yeah, just do what you did. You know, <laughs> do what you do. If I need to tweak you, I will. And, right. and, uh, you know, at, at first I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to improv a little and we'll see. And even though we were improving some stuff at the end, he, he was like, yeah, go do it. You know? So he had a really great eye though, you know, really great eye, really great vision. And you can oh, just, yeah. for me, you could just tell everybody on that set was on the same page, Donald and the director and the DP, everybody was on the exact same page. Right. So everything flowed seamlessly as far as what the vision for the show is. And I think that was just beautiful. Right. I think that carried out throughout the whole season. I mean, just a mm -hmm. really cool craft of show. And it's a little different too. I like that about it. You know, the character is a little different. Oh, it's so different. Love that. I just love it. So different. He wanted everything to be super raw, just how, you know, and I love that. Like when people were tweeting and people were tweeting about my character, people yeah. were like, Oh, I know girls like her. Oh, yeah. That, see, that's real. That's a real Atlanta girl right there. Like, I love that. I'm like, thank you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's not my personality at, at all. all. So I, love I know. So yeah. Love that. Yeah. And, that. You know, that was great. <laughs> I couldn't even. It was funny because I had to do a double take because I was like, no way. That's her. That's she's playing it. She's it was, killing this. She's killing this. Yeah. It was great. I had so much fun playing oh, her. Good stuff. Have with a that. Lot of fun. Gosh, well, goodness, I'll be tuned in then for uh, season uh, two See? here. Goodness, See? even though we got to wait a year. Oh. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It's 
looked like crazy. Right. It's right. so crazy. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> a whole year of like, oh my God, yeah. No. But it gives other people time to do thing, other things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Salute to that. Now, Lyndon passing, we've got to talk about that. Now, it's a short you recently wrote, produced, directed. My God, would you mind sharing, first and foremost, what the inspiration was behind this story? And also, how long did it take to write? Yeah, so Lyndon Passing came, it birthed out of a, it birthed from a character from my one-woman show. And it was a character named Baby Kylie that so many people, men and women, just wrote in to me about, they called me about, and I knew that the character had to live past that show. Mm. So it's a it's a piece that deals with pro-choice right and so i knew it had to live on past it so you know the idea was there so i wrote it i don't know how long it took to write i mean i would say i would say it took me a month or so because i am a firm believer in like writing and then getting notes and going back and then like retweaking and Mm -hmm, you know getting a couple other people to read it and give me more notes and you know just to fine tune it Mm -hmm. And so then from there, I knew I wanted to to go ahead and get it shot. And so we shot it within three days, I guess it oh, was. fantastic. Yeah. Nice. By the way, what was your casting process like before we um, talk about uh, the production? But what, yes. Yeah, so because- my casting process was because I needed all different kids from different ages, which was already like a task in itself a couple of people a couple of the other adults i cast from people that i knew you know i Mm -hmm. for me i always feel like i know so many talented people i don't necessarily need to have an audition i know so many talented people right so Mm -hmm. all of my adults i cast by just people that i knew and everybody immediately was like yes i'll do it yep i'll do it right for kids i did hold auditions for the kids so that was just an audition process except for he still auditioned for me but he was a direct referral this guy named makari mccoslin who Fantastic, huh? Um, plays London. I was, yeah, I was a fan of his from Army Wives. He played the son on Army Wives to Sterling K. Brown, who's now on This Is Us. But he right. played his son there. And then he did still audition for me, but he was a direct referral. I already wanted him. And right. so he just put himself on tape for me. But we had auditions and those kids came in and they all, you know, did a great job. And we, that's pretty much how I casted that. Wow. Where'd you shoot that at, by the way? We shot that here in LA. Nice. And we shot that, actually, we shot that in two days. So we shot that here in LA and my DP was somebody I worked with on that action film. He was like a study cam guy and I just liked his energy and I'd seen more of his work. So I keep people in the back of my mind. So I hadn't talked to him in a long time, but I called him up. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I'd love you to shoot my short. And he read it and was like, (laughs) I'd love to. I'm like, great. Yeah. You know, I believe in working with the same people if you can. And, you know, I mean, obviously you branch out, but. You know, I think sometimes we have a tendency to always want to recreate the will. And I just know a lot of talented people that I want to work with. So yeah, salute to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, we shot it in two days. Yeah. It was my directorial debut for a film. Yeah. So I directed, I wrote it, starred, produced all of those good things. But, you know, I, I had a great team behind me. Edwin Morrow and Shyla came on and produced. Mm-hmm. My friend Jason came on. My friend Malika, who production manages almost anything that I do. So I had a great team of people behind it helping me to make it happen. And my very first submission was I wanted to submit it to Martha's Vineyard and I wanted to submit it to HBO. Right. And I got in Martha's Vineyard. And then about a week later, I found out I was an HBO nominee. So salute to that. that Congrats. Was, 
yeah, that was really great, which was like one of my big goals. I was like, I really want to be an HBO nominee with this film for yeah. my directorial debut. And that happened and it was great and wonderful. But ultimately, again, I keep going back to storytelling. It's a film that I think is important to talk right. about, to be seen, to create dialogue and conversation. And that is really what my ultimate goal with this piece is, is to be able to share it amongst mass audiences and be able to have an open conversation and dialogue about especially with everything that's going on in the country right now. Oh, God. Yeah. Planned Parenthood being, you know, them wanting to strip, you know, money from Planned Parenthood and all these things. Like, it's such an important time and it's such an important way that I really would like to get this film out to the masses, not just in film festivals, but out to be able to, you know, create some conversation and some, right. some dialogue. Right, right. Absolutely. It's so critical right now, especially with this attack on... Uh... Planned Parenthood. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. The attack on women's rights is crazy. It's, I don't even know what country we're living in right now. Like, I get uh, confused by what's happening. So, yeah, it makes yeah. no sense. Uh, let me not even get into that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's too pretty crazy. Up. Now, what were some of the challenges you faced? Obviously, acting in it and trying to direct at the same time. I've always wondered how that, that kind of delicate balance works. You obviously have, yeah. to have a very good relationship with your cinematographer. How does that work and how are you able to balance that? Yeah, gosh. And that was my challenge. You know, I'm not one of those people that believes like, yes, I'm going to write the right. Like, I'm not that person. I'm like, no, no, no. And I actually did try to hand this off to somebody else to direct. But a couple of the people that I wanted to direct it, they all were like, you should direct this. And I was like, no, 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 no. You. They're like, right. no, you know this story. You can do this. And I'm like, no. No, oh, but I'm acting there like you can do it. Right. And so that for me was like, okay, all these people believe I can direct and act in this and I wrote it. But one of my key things, and I've produced a few features and some other shorts, and my biggest thing is prep is a uh, your pre-production. Right. So for me, what was really important was like my pre-production, I always say is, I mean, I keep my pre-production really tight, right. like mm -hmm. down to a science. And so my DP and I, we met for hours and hours. My first AD, my producing partner, we met for hours and hours and I had a very clear shot list. I had a very clear vision and my producer and my DP knew exactly shot for sh shot for shot what my vision was, what I wanted to look like, all the way down to the warmth of the colors of the film, how it should feel, so that he was so clear that when I got on set, I was able to just act and, right. then, you know, I could work with the kids and I could mm -hmm. do that, but I was able to just act and I could trust him because he knew the vision so clearly. Right. You just, so that just for me, execution. it was execution, you know, yeah. you know, but it is still challenging to, we had a, we had, I mean, again, my DP was like, listen, you did everything pre-production wise that you could do everything that happened with were things that were so out of my control yeah that it was like it never well now it's raining in la but you know it doesn't <laughs> usually rain in la <laughs> right. that was the one weekend it decided to rain Ugh, brutal yeah. and it was not supposed to rain and i had so many outside shots but it was like what are you gonna do we're shooting this weekend it has to happen so we shot in the rain and that ended up turning out to be a beautiful accident because oh, nice. now the film has this and people ask me like how are you able to get it to rain through your whole movie that's beautiful and i'm like that was my accident yeah. but it turned out beautifully you know i got deathly sick about two days before <laughs> i mean Jeez. i never get a fever but i had like a 103 degree fever oh. i could not move oh my. i was in the bed we were starting to shoot on i guess it was like maybe a, a friday or a saturday yeah. and like wednesday we had a rehearsal by like thursday i was like death wow and 
I could barely even open my eyes, but I I was able to text one of my producing partners and they all just jumped into play. Like they all were like, okay, you rest. And they like made sure we got our equipment and they were like talking to each other and make sure everything was done. And then I'm telling you, it was nothing but prayer. But I woke up the next day and I was like, you know, I wasn't completely better, but I could like get out of bed. I could like do things. And then by the next day I shot. And I mean, that was like, Wow. Crazy. We had all kinds of crazy stuff happening on this show. I mean, we had literally everything that you could think of that could that should go wrong did. But (laughs) everybody persevered and everybody kept it going. Right. It's crazy. We got the film done. (laughs) Salute to that. And gosh, my goodness, Godspeed with that. Are you still, you know, sending it out to festivals and everything? Yeah. So I'm submitting it to festivals um, strategically, but I'm also, like I said, I'm also working on some some plans to do some things with this project that will that will have screenings with different audiences in order nice. to evoke some conversation. So I'm also working on that Ooh. so that I can do like a tour and then, you know, I'll be there and we'll, you know, have a whole dialogue about this. Oh, um, Cause I think stuff. it's important. Women's rights, pro-choice, you know, my whole thing is like, it's not to sell you on any one way of living or believing. My thing is just to present an alternate perspective so that you can have an understanding. So you can have some empathy for my side. Like you don't have to, agree i just want you to see from another side what if right maybe that's beautiful the thing is is that's the power of cinema there i think you know we have that opportunity to do that and it's good that you're able to create something to utilize this platform to uh to do that i think that's fantastic i think that's my platform as a filmmaker i've realized that my platform as a filmmaker is socially conscious films i mean two years from now i may be like i'm all just doing romance but most of my pieces and the pieces that I have coming up, they're all usually socially conscious. It's what I'm drawn to. It's it's what's in me right now. And and yeah. I want to explore that as much as I can. Absolutely. Oh, we share that commonality. I've done that for the last three films. Oh, nice. It's something that also resonates with me too. I've been really into social conscious. Now I'm into more of my avant-garde stage where it's just like, I want to create more visually unique stories, stuff that's a little more Max Cole, I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but, but, but I, I feel your, uh, passion there. That's, uh, yeah, it's really important, particularly to filmmakers of color. I think there's a lot of issues right now and, or issues that with this digital era, I think that we can tell stories that might hit closer to home in certain ways. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. From a different perspective, as you said, that's for sure. Now you played, by the way, you have a little bit longer. Oh yes. Okay, cool. Cool. I appreciate that. I got a couple more, uh, questions for you because uh, you played joe in a comedy film titled true calling now what was your experience yes. like with that how did you connect with uh, greg robbins that was great so i did a film about four years ago that came out three years ago called red line mm, yeah. about an explosion on a la subway and we're trapped underneath and basically have to get out until we find out that Actually, there is a second bomb that's detonated to go off and we have limited time to try to get out of here. So I did this film and Kevin Sizemore and I became good friends from that. Kevin is a fantastic actor. And so he started working with Greg and he called me in to do a reading for another completely separate project. And in that reading, the director was like, I have a project I'm about to shoot now that I would love to have you with. Wow. have you for and i'm like okay kevin tells me about it and you know you, you hear that sometimes you're like all right and i was actually <laughs> getting i was getting married like a couple months later oh so i literally got married right before i got married he called him was like so 
um, you remember that film? You remember me? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah. So can we work out a deal? I'm like, sure. Nice. So he worked out a deal. And I think I came back from my honeymoon. Yeah. And I think I left not even a week later to go to Buffalo, New York to shoot that movie. What? That is fantastic. Uh, Crazy. So it was great. It was great. I worked with uh, such a great cast of people. Who would have thought you'd be shooting in Buffalo, New York? So that in itself was a was uh, its own <laughs> like little thing. I was like, oh, at Buffalo, New York. Who yeah. knew? <laughs> So it was great. So I'm really looking forward to the film coming out. It's it's a film with a great message. And um, I'm looking forward to that coming out. And Greg was great. He's just so warm and nice. And, and you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to work with some really great people. So oh, salute to that, too. My goodness. Yeah. You've done a little voiceover work here. You played a master with Ranos. Master. Yeah. In, uh, master Ranos. Ranos and Star um, Wars. The, uh, yeah. The video game. Video game, yeah, that was just released wow. the week of Star Wars, which was what like a month ago, maybe. Yeah, Rogue One came out. It was released that same week, and so nice. I was on Hush Hush. I I had been working on the character, working on the video game, but they, you know, they keep you under lock and key <laughs> until you're able to. So I was like, I can't even tell anybody. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a new character in the Star Wars video game Jedi Master Ranos. Nice. Which I'm, you know, that's kind of an ongoing thing because my character keeps growing and growing. Yeah. All these other things happen, but that was fantastic to be a part of the Star Wars family. It's been so great seeing wow. all these multiple forms popping up of people talking about Master Ranos and how they feel about her, if they like her, if they don't, if they want more of this. Da, da, da. So it's really great to see. Like I just I had no idea the world of video games was so humongous. I mean, I guess I knew, but like to the degree that like the game dropped, I announced it. As soon as wow. I got online, there were already like just tons of forms of people being like, okay, so Master Ranos, you guys, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, the so voiceover crazy. has been, yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> crazy in a good way though. Yeah. And I actually have a couple others that I'm not allowed to speak of now. That'll be, I have a couple other games that will oh, be coming. I'm very excited nice. about some of these other projects that I'm working on as well. I'm very excited. You do not have a doll bone in that body. You, no. literally, <laughs> you literally work your tail off. Holy cow, this is fantastic. Oh, I love what I do. I love being an artist so much. So oh it brings goodness. me such joy. Do you sleep ever? I mean, do you ever get any sleep? I mean, oh, yes. Oh, I know. I sleep. Trust and believe. You got to sleep. <laughs> uh, good stuff, though. Now, I'll talk about two more of your projects. Suzanne and Bad Dad Rehab. Yeah. Trauma. What was that experience like for you, briefly? Uh, that was great. So all of this kind of happened around the same time. Um, shooting Atlanta, Bad Dad Rehab, and I was actually doing a play in L.A. with Ted Land at the time as well. All that stuff happened, like, all at the same time. Wow. I, a really dear friend of mine named Carl Seaton, who's a director, who's mm -hmm. just, I've just... We've been friends. He mentored me on my film directing, Lyndon Passing. Oh, We've been wow. great friends for years. And he's been an amazing director. And he got this opportunity to direct this TV one movie called Bad Dad Rehab. The name changed a lot of times and the title is still not a favorite of any of ours. But <laughs> but he got this opportunity. And, you know, I'm always of the mindset of like, you know, what's for me is for me. And, you know, I like my work to speak for itself. So I didn't even... When he told me he was shooting this movie, mm -hmm. I wasn't even like, hey, get me this. It just so happened my agent sent me an audition. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is for my friend's film. And so I auditioned. And then I happened to be in Atlanta wow. filming Atlanta. And then my callback was that same week I was in Atlanta. So I what? did the callback. And yeah, I did the callback. And then I left Atlanta. And I it was a couple of days later, they called me and were like, they want to offer you the role of Suzanne. And 
One, I was excited because I was working with my friend who was the director. But two, another girlfriend of mine, Christy Ferris, was also in it. And she and I are really good friends. And I was excited to be able to like work on the same movie with her. But also be able to kind of branch out to another audience. Like I had never worked on a TV one project before. Mm, Mm -hmm. So being able to be in front of this TV one audience was great. And it was a lot of fun. I really liked playing that role. I loved what the movie was about speaking about, you know, dads and, and how dads kind of repeat the same cycle as their fathers and how they can change that cycle. And Malik Yoba was in that film and he played the, the counselor of the, of the dads. And I just, it was great because we don't talk enough about African-American fathers right. and so how that really affects children and how it affects and how really, if you don't change a behavior that that pattern will continue. Yeah. And, you know, you have kids who are like, I don't like my dad or my dad wasn't there for me. And we don't take a minute to look and see why that dad might not have been the best dad and what he's gone through, or maybe he doesn't know how and not giving them an excuse, but just exploring that sometimes their hurt lies so deep they don't even know how to be the best father yet wow right you know um, so true so yeah Uh, so that film was it's just again a great cast people we premiered at abff so i was there for the premiere of that and that was just wonderful tv one was amazing they they treated uh so great mm, and then yeah. it came on tv in july and it ran the whole month and people loved it people yeah. really people talked a lot of great things on twitter and whatever else and i was live tweeting and i loved it so yeah, yeah. it was really good yeah there's a lot of social media buzz it was it was i remember one girl she was like she just tweeted she was like suzanne is the queen of an <laughs> ice stare and i was like <laughs> Yes. She, oh, that's what she called me. She was like, she is an ice queen. And that stare she gives is crazy. And I was like, thank you. I'll take that. Um, like, you know, Twitter's always a lot of fun when people are, you know, when you're live tweeting. So, yeah, absolutely. It's good that you participate in that, though. You know, I, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. And, oh, gosh, Virginia Cook, huh? In an episode of uh, Game of Silence. Yes. Game of Silence. So that was interesting too. Game of Silence obviously did not make it, unfortunately, but it was a good show, but it didn't make it. It was on NBC with Lorenz Tate and some other great people. So the interesting thing about that was I had auditioned for another role that I was up for. They ended up going older for that role and then called me the next week to audition for Virginia, which was playing. Basically, the show is told present and in flashback. So Virginia was the mother of Lorenz Tate, but obviously when he was younger. So all of the flashback stuff, I was his his mom. And the funny thing about that was when I showed up to set to shoot that, I was like, oh, I wonder who's playing Lorenz Tate as a kid. Yeah. Turns out it was Bakari McCausley, who also played my son in Linden Passing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> crazy how that works. I was like, that's crazy. So his mom and him, they were all excited. We were all like, oh my gosh. So they were, <laughs> we were all on set. Like he just played my son like six months ago in wow. my movie. Now I'm playing his mom again on this NBC show. So that oh was great. God. I worked with uh, this director, David Rodriguez, who was just so giving as a director. And so he was just such a nice guy and, and, yeah. and just easygoing and it was just really great. I mean, that was another really fun set. But, you know, I was looking forward to to doing a lot more on that show, but it only lasted, I guess, like six episodes and before they canceled it, unfortunately. Right, so, right. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But it was happened. great. Oh, I know. Wow. It was great, though. It was great. So. Well, wow. What a uh, fantastic uh, last 
year that was there uh, for you. Yeah. My goodness. Goodness. It was. It was a great year. I feel like I got to cover a lot of ground and in all worlds, you know, I, I did a lot of great dancing things. You know, I, I uh, choreographed a couple of numbers for the Dream Girls 35th anniversary on Broadway. Wow. And that was, you know, something I wouldn't have even thought I would have been doing. And getting the call to do that was like, oh, my gosh, thank <laughs> you, you know, God. to. Yeah, just there was a lot of great things that happened last year. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful. I don't take it for granted. And, you know, so I'm ready to go over and beyond that for 2017. Oh, salute to that. The sky is the limit and Godspeed with yes. 2017. My gosh. Jeez. That's some uh, <laughs> got me all fired up here just hearing all this. Yeah, stuff. I got to do it. Fantastic. Now, I've got to do something here to you, you know, that I do to all of my guests. And I can't promise that you'll. Well, you might hate me after this. I, I, um, never. Well, I don't know. It's something that I do to all of my guests. And uh, I'm just going to let that sink in just a little bit. Just think about all the different things that it could be because I've got to do this to you. And I need to ask you if you're ready for it. I'm ready. What? So you just dive right in. You don't I dive hesitate. in. My nope, goodness. I'm ready. All right. Well, now I'm gonna I'm just gonna give you a couple of seconds to think about this. You know, just just think about if you really want to go through with this thing that I've got to do here to you. I'm and ready. Goodness gracious. Okay, well, Jesus. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> this is the part of the show where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves now you know this fun fact can be anything that you'd like to share but it has to be something that people don't know about you so it's got to be a fun fact that people don't know about you and i'm going to put that spotlight on you but you welcome the spotlight so it's not really uh, as effective as i'd like it to be right now <laughs> but a fun uh, I just have to think about a fun fact that people don't know about me. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, gosh, there are, there are. Oh, fun fact! Gosh, I feel like I gotta come up with something really fun. <laughs> it doesn't um, have to be fun. It could be anything, really. Anything that people don't know about you. That, yeah. Okay. A fun fact: I can't whistle. Oh, really? So, I don't know how to whistle. So it's all air. It's just when you try. It's, it's just air. <laughs> I just can't do it. I've tried and I can't do it. I literally can't whistle. Uh, it just is air, and I can't do it. I used to be able to, like, if I could. If some people were like suck in. Sometimes I could suck yeah. in and get a little, like, a little whistle sound, but no, it doesn't happen. Oh, that why. is awesome. I really Oh my! So no rolls with you whistling, huh? No. If I got a whistle, you're gonna have to you have to dub <laughs> over because I can't do it. Uh, that is a great can't fun fact. Ah, oh, hilarious! Oh my goodness, yeah. good stuff. So. I, that's a good fun fact. I appreciate you uh, sharing that <laughs> <laughs> with now our... everybody knows I can whistle. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I always uh, wanted to be that person who could put their two fingers in the mouth and like give the loud whistle, like get over yeah, here. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, good stuff. That's a good fun fact. We are approaching the end of the show, and I want to thank you again for staying a little longer there. Yeah. 
but gosh, what's next for you? I mean, you're doing so many amazing things. What's next for you? And also, how does your family feel about watching you on screen? Uh, okay, so my family feels amazing. They're so supportive. My gosh, they're so supportive and wonderful and they just love it. You know, my parents yeah. were here for the NAACP awards and they watch every single thing I do. And for Bad Dad Rehab, they had a screening party. So they had all kinds of people over at their house, food and watching. I'm like, you guys, like, so they're great. <laughs> What's next for me is I do have a couple of other voiceover projects coming up nice. that I can't talk about yet, but I do. My husband and I created a docuseries that will be out. Oh, at the end of February, and it'll be released in episodes. Nice. Him and I have two projects that will be coming out in the next couple of months, oh, um, wow. a docu-series and then a, both of them, are, I guess, are docu-series. The other one's more of a, a docu, they're both docu-series. So, oh, my. Um, we have that, and then Lyndon Passing, like I said, mo- taking Lyndon Passing and doing some screening stuff with that. And what else am I doing? That's all I can think of right now. And just, oh, you know, my. I'm auditioning. Yeah. You know, I'm auditioning and, you know, who knows, tomorrow I could have a new, a new job on a new movie or a new TV show. Yeah. Exciting. So, yeah. So I'm auditioning and still creating and just wow. excited about everything that is to come and enjoying the stillness when it's still and it's quiet because when it gets crazy, it gets crazy. crazy. Literally. So I'm starting. Yeah. So I'm starting the year off with a lot of yoga and nice. a lot of like cleaning out and purging out and just studying and all of that as a, you know, cause I know how it gets very fast. So <laughs> I'm easing okay. into the new year. Nice. Nice. Now, is there any advice you would like to share with someone that might be listening to this podcast who may want to do what you're doing right now? Maybe they don't have the resources. Maybe they don't have the self-esteem. Maybe they're you know a little shy. Maybe they just don't have that uh, self-esteem. Any advice you would give that individual? Yeah, I would say, you know, one, if you love it and it's in you to do it, don't be afraid. Just do it. I would also say trust yourself and believe in yourself enough to know that the only way it's not possible is that if you don't try. One of the quotes that I quote a lot, and I said this when I received my NAACP award is, you don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to get started to be great. Oh, I love that. And yeah, I heard that. At my very first time ever attending the NAACP Awards about, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. And a guy won. He said his grandmother told him that. I wrote that down and I've kept that with me because I because I just think that's the biggest thing is like if you want to get started, you don't have to be great. But the only way to get to greatness is to get started. So go be great. Get started. Don't let anything stop you because life is short and not in a morbid way, but just that. Life is short in the sense that you will look up and years would have gone by. And right. it's better to look to let those years go by doing something you love every breath you take than to look back and be like, I can't believe I haven't been doing what I've loved for 30 years. Oh, my God. Well said. That is the truth <laughs> right there. That is, is the truth. The truth. My God. It Very well said. Truth. Feel free to plug anything you'd like. Websites, Twitter, Facebook. How can people stay up to date with what you've got going on? Yes. Well, my uh, my website is Kina, K-E-E-N-A, Ferguson.com. And I am Kina Star on Twitter. I am Kina Star 13. 
13 on Instagram. I'm Kina Star on Facebook. So I'm always Kina Star. You just add a 13 for Instagram and my website, KinaFerguson.com. You can always find me there. And I love meeting new people and talking to people about the craft. Oh, my God. Well, you are shining, miss. I hate to be cheesy, but I tell you what, that's a hell of a fitting screen name for you. It it is a pleasure having you you. on this uh, program. You know, you're somebody that I crossed paths with years ago and, you know, just it's so fantastic to have you on this program and to see all the wonderful things that are manifesting in your life and career. I think the uh, sky is really the limit for you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Absolutely. And, you know, I appreciate you staying a little longer and uh, we'll definitely have to bring you back in the uh, future for an update because gosh i'm sure there's so much more cooking obviously (laughs) yes uh, yes there is i wish you and obviously to your husband um godspeed on the projects that you're working on and also you you know a a very you know prosperous 2017 here but my gosh i think it's time to uh fade out here what do you think yes yes let's do it wow goodness what a great discussion this was please tell the uh, ladies the brown bettys that uh uh, give them my uh, salute because they are excellent uh, ladies there. My God. And uh, gosh, I will. ladies and gentlemen, my goodness, that was Kina Ferguson. Make sure you check her out. If you haven't already, well, then what the hell are you doing? Because you need to check mm. her out. My God, is she doing some amazing things on that note? Thank you. And on that note, we will be back with more after this break. You are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole and I host this show. Hopefully you are feeling inspired. It's been a wonderful time this evening. I want to thank you for listening to this program. Make sure you tell someone how to follow this show on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with more shortly. And welcome back to the podcast here tonight. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guest tonight, Miss Kina Ferguson. What a wonderful discussion that was. Make sure you check out her work if you haven't already done so. Most importantly, I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. Obviously, this show does not exist without you listening. So please spread the word about this show. Show someone how to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. Show someone how to access this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or TuneIn or Google Play. We would certainly greatly appreciate that. 